0: Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and as always, I'm joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? Oh, that's How's co- your COVID-ing. are your are your days blending together all all yeah. into one? There's there are no there's no weekends. They're just actually days. I I'm because of my
1: my kind of more regimented focus on making sure work is work and time is time. Um, that mm. uh, it made the it made the weekend even more over flowed. I think something I I like that you, you've said before, and and you're the best one to notice this kind of a thing is that it feels like we have more things that we want to do or that we can do or whatever. Now that this thing that we're kind of sheltered in place type thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a kind of thing I've said, I said to a couple different people and I, you know, this is very like, uh, you know, kind of, kind of privileged, first world probably first world isn't even the right word for it mm. now but um you know w- we know that there are people out you know people actually getting sick people suffering people yeah. who have had the you know relatively you know compared to people getting sick and dying like losing your job is a minor inconvenience but for a lot of people losing their job is a big deal for probably for most people yeah. um and so so i feel bad you know saying this but my my work and my day-to-day life is exactly the same right. as before like i i don't go out you know i don't go to the store as much it's about the only thing and instead our friends are online a lot more and i want to get on and do stuff with them but we're in the home stretch of the house project and i really need to prioritize <laughs> that so it's it's kind of frustrating you know there are people i see people online who are like well they can't work so they're buying a giant lego set or they're picking up a new hobby and i'm like i have less free time not more and that's you know i feel bad complaining about that but yeah i mean for me too the the um the days are the same as they've always been like it's always been a little bit of a blur but i work monday through friday and unless i get called for an emergency i don't work on the weekends so there's pretty clear distinction between you know what is and isn't i i could certainly see for people who are used to go into an office, like going through all the steps, you know, get ready, get changed, you know, figure out your, your clothes and everything. That's, that's an adjustment. That's, you know, your, your day becomes just a sort of a, a sequence of events instead of having these clear uh compartmentalized periods. I, of time, I like that. Which, I like that, you know, that
1: phrase sequence of events. Cause I, I agree with that. I think that you're right. I, I had the, the get up, take a shower, get get dressed, get ready to go, get Sydney ready, get lunch. You know, it's a thing. And then, you know, then there's the drive, mm-hmm. the listen to the thing. And it sets your day on a pace. It's a ritual type thing. And now, I mean, I still do some of these uh, those things, obviously, with getting up and taking a shower. But, like, I haven't styled my hair in, like, I don't know, several, many days, right? So, because my hair is getting shaggy. But I don't need to. Yeah. And I I'm wearing... I'm, I'm right. not wearing pajamas for sure. I'm wearing clothes, but I'm not wearing like really super nice clothes. I'm definitely diving into my <laughs> t-shirt drawer. Um, right. but the, 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 you're right. It's, it's, it's important that I get up and my event is, is that I've got to sit down at my at my desk and make sure that I'm there and start doing the work that I have to do or at nighttime that I have mm-hmm. school work now. And, and there's when I, I have to intentionally take a lunch break now, whereas before I would take it and I would leave, I'd, walk outside if i needed to take a separate
0: thing right yeah yeah Uh, i i saw an article once years ago because i've been i've been telecommuting since i think 2009 or 10 and i read an article once it ended up not being particularly useful for me i don't really have an issue compartmentalizing i'm also you know a single person i don't have to deal with you know uh uh, you know spouse or kids mm -hmm. expectations of me i know so my coworkers also work from home, and they have kids and and spouses, and they sometimes deal with like, you know, just just because dad is home, that doesn't mean he's available all the time to to play with you or or answer your questions or open a pickle jar. Whatever. Yeah, right. You know, that's, that's a little bit of a joke. But um, an article I read about um, the things that certain people do to make working from home work. And I'm sure that there is just a ton of stuff like that on the internet right now. Um, but certain things like some people will still get dressed for work. Like they'll still put on a shirt and tie because it it psycho- psychologically puts them in work mode. Yeah. And then when they are done working, they change into more comfortable clothes. They still do that even though they may not necessarily have to um, just to enforce that compartmentalization some people have a separate space like a shed or shed has a little bit of a negative connotation but like uh, a separate building right of some kind that's their home office yeah um just all kinds of things if people have the have the have the you know the means or the flexibility or you know sometimes it's it's not something that's that's super difficult it's just you know, maybe keeping to a routine if you need to, um, for, you know, on both sides of it for people, I, I lean more toward the, um, you know, procrastination (laughs) side. So for some people getting their head in, in work mode means they can be more productive. Other people who are more, um, you know, self-motivated leaning toward the workaholic side need that compartmentalization so that they're not, you know, working all the time. And yeah, neglecting their family even if they're physically in the in the same house yeah no that's that's definitely just a thing a, you know not, not, everybody's different and i, I no had i had cut out times like all. i need to
1: go pick sit up and and then i would like no matter how much i'm going to work i would do that when i was taking my when i was working during the spring break i would just work until eight right like granted i would yeah. i would take an hour break and go outside and then i you know take a, a dinner but i you know for every half hour I knew I took off in the day I'd work make it up at night and then I would just kind of keep drifting in in and out of time with it and it was really not a good thing so uh, my advice is to everybody is to do some of those things and make those kind of rituals because it, it has helped I know it has helped I know everybody's different but S- Sid and I and she still even even though now she's getting up at nine o'clock instead of six o'clock in the morning she still has the the bit of the the grump uh, not much but a little bit of I don't want to have to get up type thing she does but um <laughs> so she uh it it's you still have it right that kind of a thing but i I don't know i the, my my the weird thing I have for this week of feeling is that i've i've kind of been aware that my social life and my um games and my work is all in the same room and i have a i have a pretty decent house that I like with lots of spaces and I enjoy that about my house that I can go in different spaces, but I've spent so much time in this little the littlest private room in my house where I have the computer room yeah, and that kind of sucks. I
0: know it, it, it helps me even though they're all attached to the same peripherals. I do have separate computers for work and for video mm-hmm. games. Now I use my work computer to record podcasts. So it's that, that the compartmentalization is a little gray right. there, but I mean, some of that is necessity. I work on a Mac and I have a windows computer for gaming. Um, I didn't. It wasn't always that way, but it does help me resist the like, the the urge to, if it's a little slow in the middle of the day, like oh, just pop on and do a quest in WoW or something like that. And I'm like, eh, oh man, that that no, has been me, a a definite no, no, never for me to
1: do here. I and mean, because that's total a possibility to do here that you can just pop in and yeah, do a little thing a, in Terraria. But like my work it, is work. It's a slippery. It slope. is a slippery slope, and I never want to want to do that. I know that when I'm at work, I have. I'm also very aware that if here's something different about this COVID working from home thing is that um, I have the feeling that of needing to be instantly responsive. Like if someone sends me a thing, I need to be there right away. Right. If there's a a video call needs to happen. I, 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 yes, I'm there for the video call and and do that kind of a thing. Um, So whereas before you could just chat or you walk over there and catch them. If you don't catch them at their desk, you'll get them later. Type thing you know,
0: yeah, because there's a I think there's some for a lot of people in certain contexts, depending on what their work is like there's a desire to to try and um, be more efficient. People find odd or unusual times of the day where they're the most productive, oh, sure, right? like we have in, we have this nine to five sort of mentality, but a lot of people find that they're most productive from like eight to ten PM yeah. or something. When they're when their brain is in the right mode and they can really get, you know, they can get an amount of, of things done in two hours that would take them four hours if they tried to do it sure. before lunch sure. or something. Some, something I have that's um,
1: interesting too is that um well it's it's I'm I'm used to interacting in an online kind of environment anyway, but a lot of people aren't and now a lot of people sure. are. So there are a lot more people doing instant messaging or zooming or whatever. They're like, let's, let's talk about this. And and they can't call your work phone. So they, they, they video you. And this is, that's from everyone now, not just like the, the tech people in <laughs> the tech team. It's from the, the administrative assistants yeah. and the, you know, uh, administrators and the deans or whatever. Now they're, now they, instead of sending a letter, they'll call, they'll Skype you or they'll zoom you. Right. And you're yeah. like, Oh, that's, it's so it feels much more a personal type thing, you know, whereas before they would send an okay. email or if you saw them in the yeah. hallway type thing. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's and, and now that's because they're they're no longer interacting with their little circle the way they would interact with their circle. So they have to feel like I, I think everybody has a, a bit of accountability that they feel they hold themselves to in their own job. Like I have to do what I'm sure. doing and and the people around me know what I'm doing and that's good. But when you're at home, you, you don't have that constant affirmation that, you know, your your administrative assistant is there to check you in or whatever, you know. Uh, so now you have mm-hmm. to kind of like do that and reach out and be active type thing. So we're, <laughs> we're doing that. As for, as we move off of this COVID topic I, or this quarantine topic, I did have something that was interesting with professors is that I find that professors who are a solitary ilk in general, because they don't interact a lot with other people, um, they actually don't, sure. is are now, every time now they're all doing Zoom stuff, they feel like they're the most socially repressed people in the world because they're like dying for interaction from their students. Like Before they're like <laughs> meet me in office hours. Now they're like, I'm just going to hang out on Zoom all day in case you guys want to pop in and I'm here all the time. If you want, like during dinner, I'll stop because if you want to chat. Like, it's
0: just... Yeah, it's like, well there's a little bit of that like with our friends, you know, now that they're They have almost no social interaction. Like maybe they have a couple, you know, two, three people in the house with them. But that's the same two, three people. And that like they used to, you know, go to an office, interact with people there and meet people for lunch and talk to the waitress and or the server and go to the bar on Thursday nights and talk to your favorite bartender. And like they had all of these social things. And now that all of those are canceled, they're like, so are or so people online playing games <laughs> doing the well, you, thing you guys want to you know it's funny though is know? that
1: even introverts are being that way because it, while introverts gain um energy from being doing their own things and being by themselves there's still right. only so much like you're full of energy you're done you are there now you are ready to do to expend that energy or to do something else
0: yeah it's it's the thing people say uh we're social animals yeah right And the the introvert-extrovert thing is just a scale. Like, there are very few, if any, people not—I know there are not none, because I heard a story about a guy who lived in the woods in Maine, isolated from people for, like, over a decade. But that's the rare extreme exception. Like, most people just, as you said, recharge energy from solitude, but still— Need some amount of of personal interaction. They do,
1: and and so they're even getting some crawling of not crawling of the walls, but like they've got their fill, right? And now they right, yeah, right. and and so, so a couple of our friends are like that, and you you're seeing them much more active, and they are not necessarily always active. They're there for the the events, but you don't see them otherwise because they, they would go home and recharge and then sure. like the twice a week they would that's their social thing that they needed now they're barely getting they've got so much personal time that they're just <laughs> ready to you know kind of be available time which is interesting and good but um yeah it's the the world hey let's talk about other stuff
0: <laughs> yeah i think we've exhausted the working from home uh, hey one, let's let's do a little topic.
1: section here that we actually have kind of started um it's weird but uh it does go along with our conversation we just had uh, we've been watching some movies with friends. We've talked about mm-hmm. that last couple of weeks. We've turned to our Thursdays, yep. which we always have thirsty Thursdays, um, where we meet at the uh, local pub here in Bloomington, have forever, mm-hmm. ever. Um, and now we've moved that into a really neat section of the week where we meet on Zoom, so all eight to 10 of us, and just hang out and chat for an hour. People come in and out. Um, and then we follow that up with a movie, which we all co-watch in a very mystery science 3000 type thing right
0: yeah i think we've established at least for now that the movie has to be uh you know pure comedy and ideally something most of the group has already seen yes uh i would i would not you know week before last we did Spaceballs and my youngest sister has never seen it and sarah my other sister Wanted her to see it and wanted to wanted to watch, and I'm like, "Well, <laughs> the guys are going to be talking and repeating the jokes the whole time. I don't think that's really an ideal. That's like we talked about when you watched um, Monty, Monty Python. Python and the Holy right, Grail. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's totally not as good, but it's great when you do. That's the worst. That's the worst environment to see a movie for the first time is in a like a, a quote along. I, w- I would totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, and some people had been drinking during those
1: because again, thirsty Thursday, they're they're drinking their stuff. Um, so this week, you know, and then as some people drop off and other people stay and just like you do when you're going out with a bunch of friends and then, you know, people get a little bit more rowdy online and they're, they're drinking and singing songs and doing stuff right and playing games that are party (laughs) games. Uh, uh, so it it turns into a fun time, but this week, so this seems to be while we're doing this, uh, COVID section and while we're not primarily only a movies thing, we can talk about our, how our co-watch went with, um movies this week this week was uh stripes right
0: yeah and uh yeah it's a, a movie you and i watched for the we podcast did. yeah we we met to talk uh, about the spatula like, know, scene a year right ago or something the spatula scene
1: yeah, yeah. Was, which which was great i mean the it was fun watching it with other people especially since you and i had watched it not too long ago i got i i wasn't mm-hmm. surprised by anything that was coming or you know like oh
0: yeah i would i would not have wanted to be trying to follow that story with all of the chaos, all the technical oh, right. issues right. or little anecdotes, uh, but going we around. did watch.
1: Uh, I did notice one thing: we had uh, like an extended version, which I didn't know existed. Yeah,
0: yeah. Whatever we watched uh, for the podcast must have been, you know, probably Netflix or something. Just the the normal edit, because nobody, I don't think anybody recognized the extra scenes. That yeah,
1: everyone was like, "Whoa, this was not." In the movie, like oh, there was large scenes in in the thing.
0: Yeah, a whole section where they go to the jungle
1: somewhere, <laughs> right, like Panama or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that that was good. It's it's still a good movie. That's one that at least I would recommend for people to to co watch together. Because i i've I've actually seeing reports of people doing a lot of these kind of co watch parties, right. Yeah. Um, And most people are doing the very simple type thing of just, okay, one, two, three, start the
0: movie type thing. Um, We, yeah, well, I, I think I, I don't know if I said this on the, on the show, but my brother, Andrew, who we've had on, um, I think when his, I don't know what the catalyzing event would have been for that, but his, he has a group of friends that play video games together and they're all spread out, right? They're playing games together. So they're already like you know, like we would say a raid group or something. I think they're playing League of mm-hmm. Legends and stuff, but Rocket League and, and whatever. But they did this exact thing, moving I mean, four or five years yeah, ago. Right. Um and I think they were using one of those Netflix sync sites yep. or something like that. The the biggest uh, sort of hurdle to this is of course the the technological one, which is always which is always the case. It's why we rave about technology we find that just works because most of it does not just work. yeah right and
1: and our group is a very tech tech heavy group so we are i and also we're a pretty uh some of us at least a lot of us have had uh history in coding and iterative kind of work so with technology Mm -hmm. so we tend i think people like that tend to give technology more chances than other people would you know so we spend an right, hour right. trying to to work on a thing sometimes
0: yeah yeah that's that's true that's true that's a thing that i um i don't know i i probably shouldn't talk about my work so much on the podcast but um i always want to have somebody else check my work you know mm-hmm. my my professional work when i'm coding because for me i'm a programmer and i've been using computers since i was 7 like I don't expect stuff to work well. Yeah, right. Right. I, I expect it to all be a little bit difficult. And a, and so when I'm going through like a storefront, that's for, you know, normal, non-tech savvy customers, I'm like, what? It's not, you just click, if you click over there and then here you, you get there and it's fine. And they're like, people are not going to be able to figure that out. I'm like, okay. Okay.
1: Okay. I'm okay right. Things. You need somebody
0: to look. Well, we, uh,
1: I, I would adding to our list of things, uh, positive uh, COVID experiences or uh, what's it called quarantine experiences here. I, th- I think that I would recommend still for people doing this kind of thing, I would recommend, I do recommend a zoom still. I think that's the number one video thing going around. And I think it's the best still yeah, for, for I,
0: stuff. I had, I had not even heard of zoom oh, okay. before this whole thing started happening. Of course I'm, you know, I don't really like video chat. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I would not have even, been exposed to it when we were using Skype for work, we never used uh, the video, but yeah, I'd never heard of it. And now it's the thing I've used, used. I've used Facebook. It does work pretty well and it's on all of the, all, all all the things, which is weird that it's, you know, it's
1: so seamless and it was like poised and ready. But I I think um, people are using Facebook uh, uh, video messenger video, but, and I've Mm -hmm, used that one and mm -hmm. it does work surprisingly well, but I still think that zoom works considerably better, has more power, more tools and not, overwhelmingly so more very apple e so where it's like nice tools that are simple and everything is just straightforward and kind of works um and and i wonder i'd like to it'd be great to read something about like whoever the ceo or the head of zoom is because they're really like aiding a nation right now and not saying anything right
0: yeah i feel like i saw some headlines on that my um I think I've mentioned before I have an Echo Show 5. It is one of the uh Amazon mm-hmm. uh, uh appliances that I'm trying very hard not to say that <laughs> right cuz I don't want to trigger anybody's device. Um, it's one of the Amazon appliances that has a screen. Yep. And uh and so it'll put news sometimes I can't I haven't figured out how to turn that off if it's even possible. Um and so I feel like I've seen some headlines about Zoom something probably something with privacy or something like that i feel like that's a thing to easily uh uh, screw up or overlook i should say right
1: well the the okay so back to my point here i i think that i i personally would still recommend people who are thinking about you know, how to connect with people online. Uh, if you take something out of this whole mm. show, this whole show today, I think that watching Zoom is a good way to connect with people and using video. It's very simple, very plug and play, very straightforward. I think that's a good thing and that works for us too. Also, I think mm-hmm. for watching movies, honestly, the, the two things we found that like uh, streaming through Discord Live, so if you use Discord, that that works pretty well in on in general and then honestly just timing a one two three watch it yourself on netflix there's so much technology out there that does so many good things and is working so hard to do everything but sometimes the most simplest straightforward thing to bring people together will work
0: um yeah, yeah i think i think we've talked about how my um internet here at my parents farm is not the best mm-hmm. and um you know, for example, like when we last week watched a movie and were on some people were on Zoom at the same time. I could not get on Zoom and watch I mean I could, but the movie wouldn't play. Like it it would it was very glitchy yeah. and laggy. Um that was too much data to be passing up and down at the same time. When we watched Stripes, what I did was um fire up my own, you know, streaming uh, uh, window and, um, and watch the movie directly instead of over discord. And then I would open up the discord every once in a while to sync it back up. If you, which is another reason I'm glad I wasn't watching the movie for the first time. (laughs) Right. Um, because I didn't want to pause everybody else for me to, so I would jump ahead 30 and then, and then wait to unpause it at the right time. Um, which was not hard, you know, not all that different from, the audio editing I do for Klingons and Dragons, but um, it enabled me to see the movie smoothly and not, uh, or, but I know for most people who had decent internet, watching it over Discord Live worked fine.
1: Yeah, and, and it, it does work fine. I think that, I mean, uh, that's the that's the third thing component here. I think that for voice communications, uh, Discord is a good thing. It works on your phone. It's. Uh, I was talking on Discord mm-hmm. with our buddy Trotsky. Uh, we were playing a game together uh it was on saturday or something and um he's mm-hmm. he's playing it on his computer and then and talking and he Betsy gives him a call she needs to come pick him up her her, her up somewhere and he okay. is all of a sudden he's going and now he's moving downstairs because he's just logged it on on his phone which just was very seamless and he's still talking right. and then he's downstairs getting a drink of water and then he walks out the star the 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 door gets in his car and is driving down the road and still talking through discord. Like yep. I'm just following him through his house, out his door, all the thing. And he's still talking. No big deal like that. We even paused to appreciate the way technology has come and how good this is. <laughs> um, and discord has done, does a great job. So for, for voice, honestly, discord all around is a great platform. Um, and it's second, I think on my video recommendations for stuff to, to, to watch, um things together. Yeah,
0: it doesn't it doesn't do video chat.
1: No, it does not. It does not. But you can screen share. So a lot of people, I guess I should be a little bit clear on that. Discord is a mainly audio thing, but does screen share stuff. So you can play Netflix, let's say, on your computer and just share that window uh so that everyone could watch it.
0: Yeah. It's it's a platform that was designed for gamers and gaming. So the screen share is so you can be playing a game and stream it to your friends, uh, and they can watch you playing. But of course, you can just play Netflix. Right. Um. So it's
1: it's being used really nice. So those are three technologies that I think have really been, you know, stepped up to the plate. They they didn't step up to the plate and become good. They were good all around. Or I guess the the middle one isn't really a you know push. It's a low tech thing. Uh, but I think that's always been a thing that's been good that they could, you could always do with discord and zoom. And now they've just had their chance and are really succeeding at that. And people should uh, use those still to, to get together and to, to communicate. So we watched stripes and we watched it and it was great using all of those kind of things. And it was fun and got to do the we, things that we, we also,
0: to. we also did. I don't know if you did very much of this, but we used that same, uh, i want to call it a tech second it's really there, right. just it's really just discord um we use discord to play some uh jackbox games yeah do you want to do you want to explain what those uh, are
1: you can i i think know? i played jackbox like two years ago or something it's it's, it's totally fine okay. it's, a, it's
0: a fun thing but as as i understand it's the company that made the uh board game it might have been a multimedia board game we used to say multimedia all the time <laughs> um uh, the creators of You Don't Know Jack, the trivia game. Yeah. Um, and now they they have a suite of products they call um, Jackboxes because they're a bundle. They're a box of different games. And the ones, I think they might all be like this, but the ones that I know about um, all work in the same way. You have um, the game itself that is run on almost anything you know they're android ios steam so it's it's an app consoles it's it's an app and so you could buy it on xbox live and put it on your xbox or you could buy it on apple tv or you could buy it on your phone or an ipad or whatever um that runs the game and you generally want to connect it to a tv um so like i played it with my family a year or two ago for christmas we got it on the apple tv put the game up there and then when the game starts it'll give you a four-digit code and tell you to go to the url jackbox.tv in
1: in, in your in something. a normal anybody's web browser right on your phone in any web browser
0: computer. right and so the the idea is you put the game up on the tv and everybody logs into it on their phone and then on the phones, it'll say like answer these two questions. It depends on what the game is. Right. Some they're drawing games and all this. The the big popular one that we always come back to is um it's called Quiplash. Yep. It's it's a little bit like Apples to Apples or Cards Against Humanity, where everything is right in. Right. Um the, the app will give you questions. Uh two different people will answer those questions and then everybody votes between the two answers. Yep. Um, but what we did because we're not together with the TV is, um, one guy Trotsky got the games on his phone or on his Mac. I actually don't know how he's, well, if he was casting it had to have been on his, on his Mac, um, I don't think you can screen share in iOS on discord. That doesn't seem like it'd be possible. Maybe you can. Um, but anyway, he had he had the game running and streaming over discord live and then the rest of us got on the the jackbox site um most of us i think from our computers at least i was on my computer um and then we just played it. we were on voice chats so we could laugh and react and um and all of that good stuff but um yeah it's, it's very, yeah, it was very a good very time. party
1: it, gameish but but able yeah, to plo- play remotely
0: i I compare it a lot to, um, I want to call it bar trivia, but I know that the bars and, and gathering places have like a full event trivia. I'm talking about the thing where you go to Buffalo wild wings or something and they have trivia happening on a couple of the TVs. Yeah. And you can get a little dingus that lets you punch in the answers or probably more recently, more of them have, uh, android and ios apps so you don't have to use the the little the little Probably, gadget right. um but it's not an event like it's just something that's happening on the screens just like all of the sports that are on the screen yes yeah. um it's that kind of thing where like people are playing from their from their except phones, except sport, that in this one the
1: answers are parroted back up on the main screen type thing right, right so
0: you can see right. we did answers. we did do a trivia game and that was pretty good um, they have a whole suite of games. I've only played a couple. Of, yeah,
1: I think I think that's very um, much a good casual, and you can even play that with. I think I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think with an like family remote. Like if let's put it this way, if the Rogers could play that today, yeah, how difficult that would be. Yeah, I mean,
0: we did it in person, right? So but I mean, be... like not in person.
1: If that's a we did it because we're a very tech group. Do you think that that's something that like? you could do with your parents and let's
0: say David and you, I don't know. I, I haven't gotten my family on discord. We would probably have to do, um, uh, screen sharing over zoom. Oh yeah. You could just do a screen
1: share over zoom. Yeah.
0: Which would also give us, um, video chat, but that might make it difficult if, you know, to see who, I don't know how screen sharing in zoom works. Um, yeah, we would have to figure out some kind of screen sharing. I've been trying to see if we could maybe do a similar movie night uh, thing with my family. But I would have to get a couple of my brothers and brother-in-law and whoever the more uh, tech savvy in the house to set up um, to set up whatever app we use, Sync Lounge or whatever, on a TV. I- I'm, betting, I'm betting
1: that a quiplash a would challenge. work with Zoom, now that you say that, with your family. Like, if you if you can get them to do Zoom, I know several people are trying to teach their grandparents and aunts and uncles and stuff and cousins how to use Zoom. Uh, but if people start getting easy with that one, I think uh, that's something that family members re- could do at remote. And this could be another positive that comes out of this whole situation is that you have families at far away who can do family game nights together because they're just used to it now, right? Yeah. Right? So that's that. That's yeah. a that's a neat thing, and and it's something we may touch on from week to week. I think about new ways we find that to socially get together with each
0: other. Um, Dennis and I will bring that We did forward. we did game night again on Tuesday, but I don't think you got into either of the games. I did not. Right? You did. I did not. Okay. So nothing. Uh, the one group played. The one group played Horrified. I've never played that, so I've no, and I did get in that group. So. I don't have anything to say about that. No, you did um, not get horrified. No, no. Instead, I, uh, well, whatever. I sort of immediately regretted. <laughs> um, not, not that not, you know. I'm exaggerating, right, right. but um, uh, in a game of Twilight Imperium Fourth Edition. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, and that was. It was fine. Fine. You know, I'll. I'll. Um. I don't. I don't think he regularly listens to our show but our buddy pete is a big fan of that game Mm -hmm. and uh one thing i'll say for pete is if um we're playing a game that he really enjoys his he he has an unending well of patience yes for explaining the rules and answering questions and and he's very he's very
1: positive and uh what's the, the um He's a very promoting person to, you know, whatever he can do to help him
0: experience better, which is, which he, is a good thing. He, he wants you to like, he wouldn't, I don't think he would ever throw a game, but he'll, he, he he enjoys it and gets so into it that he'll, you know, like unintentionally give you advice because he'll explain yeah. something he would do as if it's something you already know and sort of, and sort of give away a strategy like that. But we played probably about an hour and a half. And got through the first round. Oh, you played longer than that. OTI. I'm pretty sure you played longer maybe than that. Long, maybe it was longer. I think it was, was like four hours everybody played.
1: Maybe not four hours. Sorry, I two 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 and a half hours. I think you started at eight and ended up like at 1030. That could be.
0: Right. That could be. I know that we started um, with our buddy Marcus, and then he fell, fell asleep. asleep or dropped right. out or something. And then um, I think Pete's cousin Dan got in, and he had never played. And so we're like just about to start and, and he would just explain, 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 and then um we're like, uh, you know, Fox did that game and he loves that game, but he was like, I think I'm gonna say you know, we're we're private messaging. He's like, I think I'm gonna say when we finish this round, we'll call it good. And it's one of the great things about tabletop simulator is you can save and load. Yeah. Right. So Uh, you know, Pete's hosting the game and it's the, the mod for, uh, TI four is really nice. Um, he can just save it. And now, you know, this upcoming Tuesday, we'll just try to get, you know, the same, hopefully the same five people. Maybe we'll swap somebody out. If not, everybody can make it and just keep going. Yeah. The,
1: the, Um. we, we have to have a discussion someday about like these online board games, whether, when it shakes out from our board game nights, whether we, how we would recommend for different categories of people, types of games, we should, we should have a section Mm -hmm. about that. Um, but one of our, still our group of friends who are heavy gamer people, uh, still have some consternation about is like long technical games versus short games versus party games, which is best in this self quarantine time of socialization with games. Um, but that was a, f- a funny thing, uh, an interesting thing to me is how it, it the week before it came down to decidedly that we should not play complicated games and we should definitely not do anything more more complicated than we played the week before. And then Ti4 comes out this week, which was the most complicated game I think we've almost ever played. And yeah, you know. <laughs> I think
0: I yeah I think all that happened there is um, our buddy Trotsky, who's the sort of uh, you know social ringleader of our group. Um, put a lot of energy into let's do this this way the first couple weeks. Yeah. Like, you know, we all played something together and then we'll maybe both groups will play the same game and then we'll chat about it after, which ended up, you know, we're like, both of these games are on the little, a little bit on the hard or complex side. Not anywhere near as close as, as t- anywhere near t- Twilight Imperium, but... We have a handful of people who don't really have energy for, you know, something that involved as something like uh, um, Champions of Midgard or something, which is not not super complex. But like maybe they just wanted to play, uh, you know, a game like Sushi Go or, you know, Ticket to Ride or something. We we have Um, this
1: this thing where it's interesting. Some people who. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point at our buddy Trotsky as an example to this, is that some people get online now that everyone's in this quarantine, we seem to be drifting back to quarantine topics here, is that is that we get, uh, everyone gets, is now online doing things that they may have done before, but maybe not, and now they definitely are because it's all they have to do, um, and they want to sometimes address problems and figure them out, like, for example, playing board games online. Why don't we play board games online? We we all have the the technology and the way, and we all want to play board games, but um, and we can play with remote people who are out of state. Even why do, why isn't this just a normal thing if it's capable? And then we try it, and we it doesn't work well because people peter out or don't show up or whatever. And now that we're all doing this now. Some people who tend to be the ones that had not done it before, like our buddy Trotsky, will do this, this thing where, like, I need, I'm need i going to find a way to fix this problem that we had before,
0: of whatever <laughs> it might
1: be. And people who are, have right. been long-time online board gamers are like, hey, welcome to the party, pal. This is something that's just a normal thing we live with, <laughs> right? Um, welcome to the party, pal. Right. But... Uh, The interesting thing about it is a lot of these problems that people have had before with why things didn't work or why we didn't transfer over is simply because people weren't there, right? It wasn't, it wasn't a matter that you couldn't play games or that you, you know, it wasn't a satisfying experience. It's just that people chose other things, right? Uh, To do instead of that. And now that we are all on an online society, uh, those things are normal and the problems that you'd have before of why they didn't succeed are going away because the the problem was not having enough people to pick lesser uh, apples to apples games or you know whatever someone might want to pick. You were stuck with three three people with three different kinds of desires for games
0: uh, yeah. yeah, and so just to just to conclude the sort of sequence of events that culminated in us playing t i four uh, you know, we we were talking about it throughout the day, throughout the week, and I think it was mostly just Tuesday, which sort of annoyed me. I'm like, can we, no, we're too late to, like, make systemic changes here. But um, we went with this system where people would um, either nominate a game they could run or nominate someone else to run a game, which seems like a sort of weird thing. Um, but that meant that uh, Trotsky stepped back from... Pushing for the whole group. Mm -hmm. And so he just pushed for horrified and it only plays five. And so once they got their five, there were five or six of us left. And we're like, well, what do we, does somebody have a thing they want to run? And then once somebody, you know, got, got it into Pete's head that it was possible that we would do ti4 they're like well if there's nothing else i'll fire up again then it, then it was happening right and, and, that, right. and i think and that, that was because that was it was his... fox's birthday and jill was there to play and both of those it was fox's were birthday and, and and they loved that game and they were on board and we played it and it was right. and it was fun my my like, my, sus,
1: uh, my suspicion or whatever that word the word I suspicion 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 i said suspicion did you do that we're not editing out that out i said suspicion my sister do, it, do right. it live my suspicion suspicion <laughs> is is uh, that um, the the that will happen? A game will get run with the people that want to play that game, and then the rest will end up with the sushi go crowd. I think, which will be great. I think that'll work well. I I would not expect that heavy games follow uh, on the on the follow up. Um, granted, this week Pete's pushing forward to play Ti Four again, but we'll see how that works.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, because we have a game to finish, and Horrified is not. It does it didn't seem because I popped in there for a minute it didn't seem to me like a like a light or casual game it seemed pretty yeah I I uh, serious
1: I I, I don't want to go too much more on this topic because we've got other things to talk about tonight but I, I will say that I since I wasn't playing and I was doing other stuff I was still online kind of sharing in the social bit of it here and there so I mm-hmm. would pop in back and forth in the games to hear things I think that horrified actually went really well from not just playing the game but from a social game night standpoint and the the thing that made it the most uh, helped grease the wheels and all things from keeping people engaged to the complexity of the game was that it was a co-op is that everyone everyone's involved on the decisions so you don't want your mind doesn't tend to wander you know right um so when somebody's turn goes we've not tried too many
0: co-ops i know you and you and i played some of those fantasy flight card games and that went really well. Yeah. And they were um, co-ops,
1: right? Like the Marvel one and the, yeah. the, uh, Cthulhu one.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. I mean,
1: those are you when I thought about that, I kept thinking like, yeah, every experience that I've had that have gone wonderful on all standpoints has been co-op type things. So we should bring that up and consider that for our,
0: and of, and of course you and I on this, on this show have talked at length Multiple times about co-op versus competitive. Yes, was some of our some of our earliest topics. Right, right.
1: Okay, so moving on. Let's let's do a, a non-COVID thing. Let's let's talk about our our 2020 challenge. Now that we're in the the coronavirus times of 2020, let's talk about our challenge. So it's a big one. We've got a. a, a, a A piece that comes from people who were not in this genre coming together in a genre that's very different for them and then getting awards for it. This is goodwill hunting.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. I'll have to to go back and try to unpack that sentence. But (laughs) um, yeah, Uh, 1997, uh, Gus Van Sant starring Robin Williams, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck. Actually... Damon and Affleck have writing not credits. writing credits they did write it they wrote that yeah that's what I yeah mean. yeah um, that's oh, that's the extra thing I, while I, the director right,
1: but... did have good scenes in here and had wonderful choices that he made the writing was fantastic and it was by again two guys you would not think of at the time were heavy writing people
0: no right
1: right or even Hollywood hitters or of any kind and they get and they they get a script together right? (laughs) That they have some big, well, again, I guess Robin Williams didn't have a whole lot. He did dead poet society and a couple other things. Hmm. I can't remember what dreams may come was before this, but, um, or was it Jack or something they had done? I don't Uh, think so. I don't, but Robin Williams is known for his comedy, but it was as his career went on also became just as greatly known for his dramatic stuff. But at the time he was not, like when Goodwill Will Hunting came out, it wasn't his big forte. Um,
0: right. So putting... Right. They're both... He, he and, and Ben Affleck are both pretty young um, here when this was Yeah, they made, did like Clerks. They did Kevin Smith
1: films, you know? Right. So, um, but here here you have... So this this felt to me as I was thinking about this, because I've seen it several times, again, watching it this mm-hmm. time again, I think, you know, this had to have been a huge risk for a studio, Right. Like, I mean,
0: yeah, yeah. maybe. I mean, it, I don't know. I mean, to me, Robin Williams seems like a home run, but, you know, that's from the perspective of the 20 years. ago. Yeah. I
1: mean, he, he definitely wasn't like, a home run for a straight the future,
0: serious but... role, and he does not have any no, comedy right. in this at all. Um, I guess not. I mean, a little bit here and there, but no, not compared to his normal sort of uh I want to say Patch Adams, but that's a whole different thing. Yeah. No, like Mork and Mindy or or Mrs. Doubtfire kind of stuff, right?
1: Or even any of the stand-up kind of things. But um, so yeah, it, it felt to me like a, a here we go. We're we're taking some some people who don't aren't Hollywood writers, and and we're giving them their own movie, and then we're going to let them star in it, and they're not. And it's a heavy. It all is going to rely on them having uh, good acting scenes right yeah the the whole movie is dialogue and acting the whole movie is right um so i, I guess we go into some spoilers here but i guess this isn't a spoiler part but i gotta say i i like this movie i've liked it before i watched it again and i like it just as much as i liked it before
0: um yeah 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 it's it's almost um i use the word classic a lot but this is a this feels like a classic you could rewatch. So let's, um, there's not a ton of like story to reveal and, and spoiler kind of thing, but I'm going to hit the bell anyway.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's just him going through the process. I mean, the story Goodwill hunting is about uh, if you've not watched it and you're listening still anyway, I wouldn't, I would go watch it. um, Is that uh, this savant uh akin uh, math well he's not as math, just mathematical but he's in anything uh a savant an intellectual savant is born in uh south is it philly where is, no he's in south boston. boston and southie he's a southie and he uh he's a, a ghetto kid you know at, who's been an orphan in foster homes and lives in a rundown apartment hangs out with a bunch of you know bum kind of friends
0: that gets him street yeah, brawls but but he is they're they're always they're always picking fights but he's, he's a genius yeah they don't say whether he has a photographic memory but he does seem to like he just is a voracious reader and remembers everything that he reads and can also you know solve these math problems that stump you know the professional right and it's
1: it's not just math like he he solves her medical things like in chemistry and stuff. He, she asks, his girlfriend asks him about, you know, organic chemistry. Yeah, he's read it and he understands it because that's what he does. And so, so this kid though is, is not a troublemaker. He's a troubled kid. You know, he's what, mm-hmm. how old is he in his early twenties? Maybe he, he mentions for his 21st yeah. birthday. So he's not even 21 yet. Um, right. and so he, uh, he's a troubled kid who, but has this thing and he gets kind of discovered by doing this mathematical formula by the, uh, the head of the mathematics department at MIT. Um, yeah. And Stellan
0: scars Yes,
1: that's right. And he, uh, um, discovers him and has in, immediately recognized him for what he is and wants to like, here I have discovered the next Beethoven and Mozart just stumbled into my lap and I need to, not he doesn't he never tries to really capitalize on it. He needs to be a part of elevating this kid forward, right? And participates. Yeah, in doing he that. wants
0: him. He wants him to reach his potential. Right. And one of the, the you know sort of obstacles to achieving that is that um, he that Matt Damon gets arrested. He picks a fight and and gets arrested, and for the first time can't outsmart the judge into dismissing the case. Right. But here comes Guard. Here here comes uh, the, the Professor Lambeau. And he, um, he can get him out, but there are these conditions. And one of the conditions is he has to go to therapy. And, of course, he's a poor orphan from Southie who is, you know, like, immune to therapy. Yeah. They go through a, a series of him talking to different therapists, and he just either triggers or offends them so much that they quit. You know, right. they're like this, I'm I'm not going to do this. It's not worth my time kind of thing. And so in, in desperation, the professor goes to his old roommate, Robin Williams, who is not a professional psychiatrist. He's teaching, uh, mental health classes in community college. Yeah. Right. And the, the, I think, uh, um Lambeau teaches at Harvard. Oh, he teaches at MIT. MIT, that's right. Right. Um, and uh, you know, uh Robin Williams is rather than playing the sort of typical Robin Williams character that he normally does, very like animated, jovial, often doing random impressions for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um he's playing a character who's also from southie who um can sort of speak the same language correct as as uh matt damon's and character. and is
1: also a very broken person when we meet him right right just not the definitely not the same way as will who is matt damon's character he he's right. he's broken in his own life and he he doesn't he just—it's funny—he—he he talks to him, like you said, speaks the same language, um, which helps. But he also lets him know his vulnerabilities, right? How he is. There's a scene. There's a part. Yeah, he, where he says, he "You talk more
0: than any other shrink I've ever heard." Right. Right. It it goes it goes both ways. He doesn't take any BS from from Will, and he doesn't give any BS either. Yeah. Right, he's he's honest with him and earns honesty in return.
1: Yeah, and they they even do a a whole little scene where they he they don't they have like two sessions where they don't even talk, right? Mm-hmm. And and he's like, yeah, we just, just got to wait him out, and I can't I can't blink type thing. So so Robin Williams is fantastic in this. Um, I think everyone is. I I, I think it's so well written that obviously Affleck and Damon know the source material from like their 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 Boston roots right they they right. know these kind of people they are these kind of people this is how they grew up and what they thought um and then so they can they're kind of playing that role easily but then Matt mm-hmm. Damon so that's where Affleck gets to play kind of himself growing up as a cocky kid you could see him being himself and then with, with his little brother, with his little brother. Exactly. But Matt Damon comes in and just delivers this knockout performance from everything, from his facial features to what's going on in his head, to his lines, um, in, in every scene, right? He, he's definitely the, the, the troubled kid when he starts the fight for no reason in the street or in the basketball court, you know, for, for a little right. thing. It's
0: like, it's like somebody they knew, some past grudge or something. It's not really explained because it's not that important. All you need to know is they're these they're these kind of people. They're
1: brawlers. Yeah. And and that they will go to the end that really quickly, that one guy who doesn't want to fight and then Affleck turns around and says, like, you will do this, or I'll come back there for you afterwards. That they will lay their lives down for each other to do this kind of a thing. Um, but but the thing is that like Matt Damon plays that character and then goes and plays this clearly conflicted scared person when he's with mini driver right yeah and 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 he is vulnerable but does not want to be vulnerable it's very guarded um but you can see that he wants to be and all the time he's kind of reflecting this in robin williams's sessions um and then you you obviously it's an important part how he comes he comes across with his lines delivered perfectly for being intelligent but cocky but not cocky but just like a savant type stuff. Um right. and I I gotta mention that everyone I think watches this movie mentions the scene where he breaks down finally in in therapy is so well mm-hmm. done that it chokes me up every time. Like hmm. because Matt Damon. Robin Williams, you know, he, all he does is that that one line he repeats over and over again. It's it's not your fault,
0: son. It's not your fault, son. It's oh, not your fault. Yeah, right? that was that was so. And I'm like, I'm watching it, and I, you know, a, a cynical part of me wants to be like, oh, so it's a movie. Like people react to things. You know, it's like one of my favorite, uh, I guess, pet peeves is the expression for it. But in in film and television, somebody will give a grand speech or they'll make a big statement yeah. right mm-hmm. and then the scene cuts and we're on to something else and I'm like what happened in that the, the the other person is just so blown away by the intelligence or emotion that you just communicated that they just stopped talking yeah. and stopped responding because that doesn't happen in the real world yeah like people have comebacks they you know dialogue continues um, and Damon gives but... those
1: comebacks every one of them in that scene
0: like that you would expect. Yeah. And he just, you know, Oh, it's like, it's the last, cause you see that his, he's used his intelligence to strengthen his personal walls to a point of near impenetrability. Yeah. Right. That, which is why he can't, none of the other therapists that he, uh, you know, meets with can, can reach him at all. Like, he is, it's part of how he evaded getting arrested for so long. Like he has so much knowledge in his head that he is, he has an answer for everything. He has a comeback that keeps him safe.
1: Yeah. And and, um, and he, his little, sometimes he'll get angry and mean as his comeback, but in, in that scene he gets, he gets very normal. I think the way he says things, all he says is like, you know, yeah, yeah, I, I get it. I understand. It's just, it's small little things. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. All right. Like he just, mm-hmm. he, he casts them off as they're no big deal. It's no big thing. The little deflection. Yes, he, he just deflects them very, very little. Just like anyone would. Like I would. When someone says, hey man, you know it's not your fault, right? But yeah, yeah, I, I get it. He does all those things in a very thing. But every time it's said, "It's no, it's really not your fault. Every time it's said, he he breaks down just a little bit. Like that little bit of a wall starts crumbling a little bit with every yeah. facial expression that Matt Damon gives. Mm-hmm. And then four thing, times later, he is a normal guy or kid standing there not saying a word so he doesn't let it out and he says like not you don't you know don't do this not you type like don't you do this to me you know and then he Mm. gets him close and tells him and then he just breaks down crying and grabs him and like i'm holding back the tears because it was so believable from a normal hurt terrified person in their lives finally having an opportunity to let it all go out. Right. And I was like, that's, that's yeah. was powerful. That was really and, powerful.
0: And, and you, and you get that sense of like, um, you know, we as, as humans or, or whatever, mm-hmm. have a tendency to, to dismiss things we've heard before. Yeah. Right. Or like, Oh yeah, I already know that. Right. I've heard that before. I've, I've got it. It's good. Let me tell me, tell me something new. Yeah. And, he he doesn't it reminds you know talking about it now it reminds me of um like playing rpgs when you're like you're fighting a boss and you're like well i don't want to just use the same uh you know basic melee attack every time <laughs> but you you can you know whittle down the the goblin's health health and and beat him that way like that's effective now of course we're not talking about physical fight combat we're talking about mental emotion emotions and and psyche but um yeah that definitely it's like that's a thing it's like it the, the the thing that robin williams was telling him he could rationalize could could reason as true but he didn't believe it yeah right like he could look at the events. He could look at the facts in evidence, and know that it's not his fault, but he still believed that it was. Yeah, right. And and Robin Williams just says the same. And it's like that that idea of again, like a wall where you just swing the hammer at it, and you swing it again. You just keep swinging it the same way. You don't, you know, change. Uh, you know, put down a hammer and pick up a shovel or something like you just swing the hammer again. Well, and and- it was, it was a
1: hammer of compassion. Like, cause he, he right. was, he was genuinely wanting to let this kid know you, it's not your fault. And I want you to know that. And I, and I'm not going to stop here until you know that because right. it's very important that you do right now and you not let that do it. So like he took that hammer, a hammer of <laughs> compassion, I guess, <laughs> and and kept and kept at him on it, and it was one of the most powerful scenes that you could see for a movie. There's lots of, you know, emotional scenes that you can see acting between two people. That one, I mean, just talking about it now gives me a bit of a goosebumps because it was so well done, mm-hmm. and I, and I can appreciate everything from the quietness of the director sitting in with the scenes when the cuts that he needed to do to the script that was written to the the phenomenal acting between the two the two guys and. It goes on a little bit after that. Like they don't just cut after the hugging and then go to something else. They like kind of resolve it and and go yeah, down let slowly. The, let
0: them let the moment breathe. Yeah, and then.
1: and it was so good. And I, I so moving from that scene, which is my favorite, um, I like how it ended. You know me, I like good endings. Um and this is clearly a spoiler part, but the fact that like it took after all that and all of his therapy, it let him it took like his best friend, his basically his brother to tell him, if you're in 20 years, oh, I'll
0: kick your own ass, and I'll do it. Yeah, that that's the um the the final the final straw. Like he's gotten it from this stranger, but now he, his best friend.
1: Yeah, who, who is who is telling him, you know, uh, you don't just do this for yourself, you selfish jerk. You do this for for me. Yeah. You do this for us. And then when he says that line of like, my most hopeful 10 minutes of the day is when I walk up to your house and hope that you're not there. No words, no anything. You're just gone that, you know? And then when Affleck Mm -hmm. does that and gives that Affleck kind of happy smile type thing that he gives, (laughs) it was so genuine that like, what a great ending for these, like even for the guys that he leaves that, you know, they all know it. The, the guy they pick on the whole time promotes himself to the, to those, you know, the seat in the front seat and they're all happy, and they just go about their day doing their thing.
0: Oh yeah, that's that's a great moment when Casey Affleck jumps out of the car and comes around to ride shotgun. Right, right. Which is funny. It's it's his little brother in real life, and doing that thing. Right. Um. Right. So the,
1: yeah, the uh that that was a great. That was a, what a what a good way to not get sappy and too overblown, which would not be realistic kind of way. This was a very South type.
0: No, there's no just he, like the closest it gets is is Robin Williams. Son of a bitch stole my
1: stole line. my line right when he when he goes and gets the girl, which is which is a great other ending too.
0: And then it's over. There's no, you know, you're left to imagine all of the all of the potential uh, future futures. Yeah, the,
1: and he has he does have that that moment where he goes to an interview at the end, and and he's like, I'm, I'm taking the job. I'm happy with it. It's going to be a good thing. So you, it makes him feel like they his professor and his, his psychologist or psychiatrist has gotten him, given him that direction, opened him up now that he's able to emotionally carry things and he's going to have that direction. Um, But in the end, in the very last scene, the direction is that he needs to live an emotionally happy life, loving Mm -hmm. life, like, like his, like Robin Williams does, you know, or had that he made a conscious choice to live the, the happy life that he wants. And, this savant brilliant mind in the world wants to live that life now that he has the chance to, which was so wonderful driving off into the sunset type thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So moving out of the spoilers, I, I said it or the theory and I've gushed on this show. I, I I enjoy it a whole lot. (laughs) Um, it's definitely in my top 100. It'll go on my list. Top 50, probably. Um, -hmm. easy. It's, it's a, it's a solid movie to this one. I think everyone should watch this one because you do get a lot, you get a lot of good emotional, you get, you want to talk about history of film? You get fantastic acting by people with a wonderful script yeah. uh, that you, well, that you well won't written, see in the well acted
0: it, it does um, – I almost watched this with my family, and then um, there were some concerns expressed, so I looked it up on Kids in Mind, and it has a 10 for language because there is a lot of foul language. I don't want to put 10, it's, but, yeah, it does have some, some language. Right? Yeah, it's not in a way that um, – feels gratuitous yeah. or like done for shock value. Right. Um, I kept thinking of a movie we watched previously on this poster, The Departed. Yeah. Um, which is also a couple of these same guys. I don't know. Is Ben Affleck in Departed? No, he's not. But uh, uh, Matt Damon is. Everybody else is. Yeah. Uh, Matt Damon and Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Jack Nicholson, Marky Mark, yeah. Martin Sheen, um, Alec Baldwin. Right. Um, it's similar like boston setting well, it's almost 10 years later than this movie but um that movie definitely is like you know don't watch with oh yeah and that one would around. i'd give it I mean, 10 i get that one there there's language and, language and violence hilarious. and and everything because it's it's more crime focused this is just um you know these are uh, i don't want to say poor people but they're people who grew up in poverty yeah and they you they use language like this just as part of their vernacular yeah absolutely um, yeah it's just the normal way that they talk yeah and so that's something to be aware of but um yeah for me an an easy pick to put on a put on a 100 movie uh, uh bucket list. yeah
1: and, and i'm glad we get to watch some of these things again from the, the it's from the reinforcement standpoint i have watched shows on this list mm-hmm. that i've been like on the, on the fence about Titanic was one we just recently watched, like I, I can see it and I understand it, and I watched it, and I failed let's watch it again and see what I think. Uh, this one I get to watch it again and reinforce where it belongs on you know that, that I need to go and tell other people sure. again like, oh no, you know what a good movie you need to watch go watch goodwill hunting if you've not seen that one Yeah. spend your time watch that with your <laughs> girlfriend, boyfriend you know uh, husband, wife yeah. Yeah, that makes it sound like it's a date movie, but it's you know it's one that you can all watch and <laughs> share together it's
0: a- it's a little bit of a little bit of love story.
1: There is, there is, and Mini Driver. I'm I not said much about her, but she plays a really good. She's clearly just a love interest in here, but she plays a really good catalyst she plays for wanting a, him to do
0: it. She's yeah, she plays a part in in his change.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, she is there in a very genuine. Oh well, I should I should not lessen her scene that she has when she tells him that she loves him, and she gets upset and there's a little bit of a fight when he's also throwing up his walls, like no tomorrow. And Mm -hmm. he, he lets it slip. He, because of his rage, he lets it slip and tells her about being stabbed and burned by a cigarette. And you see on her face, some incredible acting too, where she is just like hurt and sad and, and needing to protect and help this person that she loves all in this Mm -hmm. very good acting scene while he's also doing incredible acting next to her so man that was i keep going back like reinforcing why this movie was so was so good um yeah it's
0: yeah it's very good if you haven't seen it it's definitely worth watching just not with kids in the room
1: yeah <laughs> right now not with kids in the room. but you know it's i don't think there's a lot of sexy scenes like there is no right?
0: no it's it's really just language there's very little there's a little bit of violence or near violence and there's some implied um uh, sexy times but yeah mostly mostly just for language right
1: right cool 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 well that was what, what we didn't talk about this before but what's our what's our next one
0: chief what are we gonna watch uh next is enter the dragon
1: oh hey that's bruce lee i've not seen that one actually It's mm-hmm. it's a mm-hmm. terrible thing to say but i i love these old uh that's technically a kung fu movie right I think. Uh, sure. Yeah. So probably. Right. So I, I I like these old kind of ones like this and. Nineteen seventy three. Yeah, that's okay. This is, I'm looking forward to this. I I don't know what to expect. It could be terrible. It could be really great.
0: Yeah, it's Bruce Lee. Um... I don't recognize any of the other names, obviously. But. Uh... All right,
1: man. Maybe this. Maybe this is one we should consider watching on a on a Thursday. So. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I don't, I don't want to watch on I,
0: I don't. Yeah, I don't think. So. Like maybe, maybe we figure out a time and watch it. You and I together. Oh yeah,
1: like yeah, do like a, a thing. Maybe
0: one or two, other, but not the whole like. Yeah, right. Six to twelve people. We get watch it for people who want to actually watch it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, Ooh, I like that. Do you want to talk a little bit about um, what did we say? One of these. There are like a dozen uh, sort of uh, peripheral sci-fi series is that we're all slowly or that we're both slowly watching but i think you mentioned you had seen some of um uh, avenue five
1: yeah yeah okay we talked a, just a little bit we talked about this uh because i'd watched one episode i think and and you kind of were giving it a, a good chance and uh um at that time maybe you'd only watch two and you're like i think i think i remember you saying that you're you're gonna stick with it a little bit and see how it goes and then a couple see weeks how it later goes. it's
0: you were like it was a weird I like, like i I saw the trailer for it and you know I like Hugh Laurie I've watched most if not all of House I love that idea of the Sherlock Holmes as a doctor kind of thing even though it got kind of formulaic at times but TV dramas that go full 24 episodes often do that yeah um but I like him there's uh a couple of the guys from The Office are on it David Wallace and um I'm not gonna remember any of the actors' names. Or ne- Neelix guy is on played, it too, right? The guy who played Gabe, yeah, Neelix. I didn't spot him at first because he's not doesn't have a bunch of uh, face prosthetics, right, right. right? He's he's playing a sort of old retired astronaut character. But this this show is a cruise ship in space. It's a little bit, you know. I joked, I called it live action Wally. But they're no yeah. they're no little right. little cute robots. It's just sort of terrible cruise ship people in space. Right. Um and it's a little bit even though I've not watched very much of this show, it's a little bit Gilligan's Island. Um I Sure. You know, I couldn't tell I mean I probably watched some of that when I was a kid, but that idea of like, here's the premise and don't think about it too hard. Right
1: yeah right, right. Where like
0: really how do they have how does anybody have a change of clothes if they were only on a boat for three hours right um well they, this is just they, 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 how know, long was that the cruise was originally
1: supposed to be for? i don't remember how long
0: like a month or a um, couple months, maybe something like that and then and then something happens in the pilot that throws them off their course and they're now going to take like three years to get to get home. It's this giant ship. It's very slow. And, um, and all of that. And then, you know, more and more things happen. It's a little bit like, well, it's not like this at all. But this experience reminded me of watching the Orville. Where at first I'm like, what is this? What is this trying to be? Because there's a lot of this that I don't like. And is it bad? Or is it just me not getting it? Not understanding what it's supposed to be? Um uh what's uh the guy's name? Uh Judd something? Which one? The Oh um, um Michael
1: Judge or Michael no Michael Sure is what I'm thinking of. Um Judge and, talk about oh, the on the show or
0: Yeah, Josh gatt Oh Joshua gatt His, yeah, yeah. Oh, his character name is uh is Judd. That's what that's what was okay. throwing me off. Yeah. So he's playing a sort of um like, idiot billionaire. Yeah, I guess. And then within the first two or three episodes, they introduce a character named Karen, who is literally a Karen. Mm-hmm. If you're familiar with that uh little bit of of culture, a busybody <laughs> a meme, meme, know it meme all. Maybe you know a the yeah. wants to speak to the manager and is a real sort of. Uh, 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 problem customer or something like that complainer Um, and and that was probably my lowest moment in the show i'm like the karen character is literally named karen really are the are the jokes that on the nose yeah and and that's Um, where i
1: was i think after i watched two episodes i was very much on this uh this this, i liked your um uh, todd mcfarlane uh reference there uh from What's that show?
0: We just talked about the space show. Um, Star Trek. Oh, uh, Seth MacFarlane. And you mean um, the Orville? The Orville. Yeah. Sorry. Well, mine freeze there.
1: The or- Very. Yeah. I like your, the it's Orville right. reference because that's how you can feel about this. I think I still felt even more uh, on solid ground with the Orville than I did with um, this one, because this one felt all of the acting was pretty terrible. All of the writing was even worse. Uh, the sets were awful. Um, and, In the first couple episodes, were I mean hell, I'd say the first three episodes at least were pretty terrible, with every
0: character and every line and everything. Like, man, I don't know what. Yeah, you're like you're like everyone's terrible. Everyone's I I think it's still going, and I actually haven't gone back to it for a couple episodes because in the in the midst of this global crisis, I'm like, I don't think I can watch people be stupid and panicky yeah right panicky. Well, i'm just gonna watch I, something I, yeah, you know some better. sci-fi or some some heartwarming anime well i I've, I've
1: watched it now i think i'm four episodes in uh and your comment you made while later was <clears throat> i think they're starting to grow on me <clears throat> i would kind of agree i i actually for the first time don't feel like going back in there and watching another one would be terrible mainly right. mainly because it took them several episodes of fumbling around with these horrible i don't mean to say they're horrible characters but like horribly written characters even like the writing is atrocious they, they fumbled around with how do these disparate actors deliver lines and what they're doing to start interacting with each other in better ways um and yeah and all of a sudden you're like My feeling I have now is like, oh, I am clearly seeing season one of Star Trek or season one of The Office. Like, I'm Mm. I'm starting to, I see that these are all terrible. There's potential in them if they just finally settle into roles. But it feels like Josh Gad has been told what this character is. And therefore, here's the lines he has to say. And now just pretend that's that. And he's using a high school acting professor to do it (laughs) and all of them were i'm not i'm just picking on him but the couple that argues it's like this is awful this is not engaging script or dialogue even funny um but but now they're they're learning comedic timing i guess it feel like after four episodes they're realizing that they can pause a a little bit you know a
0: little bit and and this is a thing that i probably go to too often but i hit a point where i said maybe They're doing this on purpose, right? I say that a lot. We talked Mm -hmm. about Christmas Prince and uh, some other Disney thing, not Disney, um, um, Netflix things, Mm -hmm. where I'm like, maybe it's supposed to be like, you know, I don't think the creators of Gilligan's Island were intentionally making something dumb and bad. They were just making a certain kind of thing and it was supposed to be funny. And the, the logic of, you know, how you build a radio out of bamboo and coconuts didn't matter. It was just a joke. Yeah. And, and so, and so maybe this is the same kind of thing where you're like, yeah, the sets look bad because it's a cruise ship and the stuff on it is cheap Yeah, and all just, you know, for show, like everything's gilded plastic because it doesn't, it doesn't have to be real. It's, it's a cruise ship. Like it's you know a cruise ship used to be a certain thing back in you know titanic times not not that i mean a cruise ship is a horrible tragedy i mean it's like a luxury thing for the upper class to where it is now that's just like a i don't know i've never been on a cruise but you know just a kind of like all of the worst things about tourists right um and and it's just that like I liked it more when I would sit down to watch it and go I'm going to watch something bad and a little bit terrible and hopefully I find some of it funny well yeah um, I mean and so <clears throat> so I don't know if I don't know if the <clears throat> writing got better or my expectation improved um, but it got more watchable after I I made that I,
1: I I wonder after I was watching it is whether the actors started to settle into their roles because um, it, it, like I said, it did feel like that they were uh, this group of people were given the script a week before, maybe at most, and then now just go. Maybe even like a day before, and like now we just act this. But now they've had like three days or three weeks to actually be doing this, and they've thought about it. And now Hugh Laurie doesn't actually know how to play a guy who's not smart and is a you know a dumb hapless captain. And now he's actually saying, okay, well, what if he's stepping into his role better and he's becoming more comfortable with that. And you can start seeing that with Hugh Laurie playing the, the role, This his character within three episodes is kind of changed into this character that he wasn't presented as. And same thing with all the characters. Like Karen was playing, whoever that actress was playing the role of Karen, was told to play this mm-hmm. character like this and she was, but it didn't fit. And then she's like, well, what if... I I'm a spinner or something like that. And now she kind of changed who she is a little bit, not like greatly, but I think she's more comfortable with
0: what this character is. Right. Or maybe, or maybe just a little, and maybe this is giving too much credit to the writers, but maybe a sort of thing where they're, they're setting up their, their uh, um, what's that called Um, assembling the team and they want to establish the characters as, a certain way, a certain kind of uh um a stereotype or or mis- misconception or something like that. You're like, oh, there's this Karen character, she's this way. When you the the first couple times you hear her talk before you've met her, you you know, you've summed her up. You're like, well, she's like this. She's gonna be a real pain, and she's just always gonna be a contrary kind of obstacle in in the protagonist's face. Like, yeah, causing drama, causing problems. And you're like, oh, I hate this character. And then as you get to know her a little more as her um, interactions with her husband, who's um, uh, Buckley, David from the office, David, yeah, David Wallace, Andy Buckley. um, Some of those interactions get a little more um, uh, real, a little less, you know, ridiculous cartoon with him just being sort of an emasculated idiot yeah um as as her interaction actions with the captain become more um um collaborative instead of combative yeah she becomes more complex more nuanced just like in real life when you meet people and you think they're a certain way and then you hopefully take some time to get to know them and uh realize that they're more complex like we all are i mean you you kind of th- you, you see understand. that in like the
1: office in season one in the first several episodes you see some of the most offensive michael scott that you ever see in the entire series in the is in the first three episodes and yeah and he, they, i mean that's the same whole... with dwight dwight is very much over the top dwight in the first several episodes and you're like i yeah. can get that th- what you're saying
0: there there are a lot of there are a lot of factors involved in that i think season one of the office is trying to just recreate the british the UK, office which yeah, is right a style of comedy, a style of person that is funny to that culture that doesn't work so well in our, in our culture long term, right. right? That the UK office only ran one season, like you can't, you can't make a show with a boss who is just a complete unlikable a-hole run for nine seasons right right right? that's not gonna work right and they
1: and they did help fit into their own roles eventually so i could see again i only like about four episodes in but i could see how if it stays on this trend and they start getting more comfortable and less annoying because they are becoming right now the only ones that are like still totally uh episode one annoying are the the couple that's bickering uh yeah the the rest oh and also I, i you know I just haven't seen him in any other role besides uh um Silicon Valley and The Office. Is it Jared? Is that his name in Silicon Valley?
0: Yeah, that's Zach Woods. Yeah,
1: he he I've only seen him play that same kind of
0: character. And Yeah, this this is a little different for him, but not a lot different.
1: Yeah, and i and I'm wondering with this show this will be probably the deciding factor of me, whether he's actually an actor or just is playing the person he done with the one note that he knows how to do. Mm. Right. Um, Because I don't know, again, I don't know where they're going from with him because he's not acting any differently than he does as Jared or as the guy from the office. He's the same thing, but, but he's definitely not in that position. So I don't know what they're doing with him. So yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so at this point, though, besides those, the re- the captain, the crew, even the annoying, like, miscalculating engineer guy, who's generally a jerk in most shows, is is becoming a little bit more nuanced and uh, dare I say likable, or at least enjoyable, um, that I can that I can enjoy it. Right? That makes me
0: sympathetic or, or empathetic. Yeah.
1: So, so, we'll, we'll, and also the, the, the ground crew at Earth Base are not really interesting, but I will keep watching it and I will see how far it gets because I, <laughs> I, I do make a point in this trying times that, to make sure that I have levity in things that are out there and, uh, th- you know, watching shows that don't take itself so seriously and you don't ask about, like, well, how does this thing work? Why do you have poop <laughs> like, yeah. flying
0: around the car? The, the thing, right? <laughs> maybe just because it's funny and the, and you you shouldn't. At least what worked for me was don't. Ex- it's it's good if you. D- it's enjoyable if you don't expect it to be good.
1: Yeah, and, uh, and that makes yeah. that's what I need sometimes. Still, we'll, right. We'll
0: see in a, in a couple months. Uh, uh, who Amazon? Somebody is doing a, another one like this with Steve Carell. Where it's like an office in space or something? No, oh, it's yeah. military. That's right. They're the space force. Space force. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, I mean, which we'll see.
1: Steve Carell's great, but also it could be not great. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I yeah. will say there's not what? a whole lot of of good sitcoms that you can see these days, right? Mm. I can't. I can't. True. I can't. True. I can't think of anyone. I mean, you, I watched we've, the show. We've
0: mostly gone off sitcoms here so uh, yeah right we we're it's, watching last man standing for a while but it's not it was going downhill before they got canceled and then picked up uh by fox and it's not it's been much worse since right. getting picked back up i mean i'm sure there are people who like it but the jokes are more blunt and the laugh track more obvious yeah
1: i think I, right that the show i watched with that kind of similarity was called the ranch on, on netflix oh yeah i watched some of that yeah and, and that it was the got, same way
0: the the story got real serious, and I was like, this is not... Like, it was always a little heavy. Like, yeah. you know, you've got a sitcom with profanity. But, um, like, everything happened. Like, the, a character got pregnant, and another one was losing his job, and the one guy was going to get deported. And I'm like, this is, that,
1: that this show, is too much. That I,
0: show... I just wanted something to laugh at, you yeah. know, guys from that 70s show making fun of Ugg boots or
1: something. Yeah, I'm telling you, like, that show is so weird because it's clearly trying to be a sitcom and then clearly trying to be super
0: heavy so yeah
1: that was it that's, that's a the a most tricky recent
0: i've watched and it's things really. you know comedies comedies very often try to do that if they run for a long time they want to you know something happens somebody's you know somebody close to one of the characters dies and you've got to do a, a sort of serious thing and it's always a risk with the audience like they don't maybe that's not what they're there for
1: right well, the, so I I haven't had I can't think of besides like The Office and um, uh, the one the, my last biggest one was clearly uh, Parks and Rec, um, but yeah, a lot of people rewatching The Office and Parks and Rec, right? And, and I've watched those so many times now, it's like it would be nice if there was another one. So I'm always keeping mm. my eye out. I'm not saying that Avenue Five is definitely that. I definitely not, but you know, Space Force, who knows? Uh, actually, I take it back. Nice. I take it all back. I like The Orville a lot. <laughs> and that's yeah when's when is season three of that that's happen? a real good question oh i know it was super delayed because remember it got it was on fox but then it was picked up and put on a different thing and it's online oh. maybe hulu now or something
0: okay yeah okay. yeah so it's all yeah it's all part of disney now but,
1: but that that was that was probably the last one that i've really
0: enjoyed as a sitcom so i will say uh talking about you know things that are sort of positive i don't want to say uplifting. That's yeah. a, really pretentious word but things that are you know just a little bit wholesome a little bit heartwarming in these difficult times where you know half of people are are calling the end is nigh and mm-hmm, the other half mm-hmm. of people are are saying everything is going to be fine by by two weeks you're right like that movie the money pit i don't know if you saw that <laughs> two weeks two weeks um, yeah. two weeks two weeks um uh again speaking of the office John Krasinski mm-hmm. uh Jim from the office yeah. is doing a a series on YouTube called Some Good News. Yes. And it's very like it's almost Pollyanna in its in its positivity. It's right? hopeful. It's just, it's not just
1: positive. It's it, very hopeful.
0: It's hopeful. It's just good cool like I've only seen the one uh second episode. Mm-hmm. Um and he's he's funny in a like very dry self deprecating way. It's not very different from uh Jim Halpert. Yeah. But um you know, he'll just talk about here's this uh student who was struggling with math and the teacher came over and sat out on their on their front steps with a whiteboard and like explained stuff to him from social distance. Or um You know, all the schools are shut down. So uh, another, like, principal or something went to the drive-through where one of the students works and let her know in person and on camera that she was the class valedictorian. Yeah. Because they're not going to have a commencement ceremony or anything. Or reporting all of the, not all, but a bunch of the um, notable companies that have um, converted over their manufacturing to making masks, right? And doing helpful, good things. Uh, do yeah, doing good things, and it's very, um, uh, I guess heartwarming. Is Heart- the best it's positive. To... I mean, I
1: pause is so good. It, it, it's I just I'm glad positive. that you brought this like, up because I'm glad that I watch it and it, right.
0: it and it and it makes me smile. You know, it it's does, it does. So- and I, something... I gotta say that
1: I I'm yeah. glad you brought this up so that we can have that on this show. I mean, we put it in the show notes that so we can make some kind of official support for our show to say to this, this other thing that's out there is like, go to it, go to it. We, we need a lot of it. I'm, I'm a a really hopeful kind of guy. And I have even my own personal self found at times a bit of a worry, you know, and I don't ever like to, to think of myself to that, do what you can to, to make it through, but you still have moments of worry and there's nothing yeah. but yourself, even hardly here. You find to, to to pull you out of that, or to say like, no, 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 it's, it's hopeful because everybody's scared to be hopeful. And this is something that we needed. Sydney and I talked about this show, like from our leaders. A lot of times, John Krasinski is mm-hmm. not a leader from us, but the idea that like he is not blind to it. He start, he almost his sentences start off with like, it's very difficult because we really want to do our very favorite things and we can't do those right he says right. that and then he follows it up with but sometimes you know we find the hopeful people that are doing wonderful things that we can and look at what this little girl has done for this person and you so he yeah. he leads it with yes it's trying but look at how good we are right and i wish at our top from our a lot of our people would do that in the media you know our politicians our leaders would do those things and i know it's hard and it's not an easy thing to do but there are so many people doing so many good things out there right now. And do, and, and when people report or see on just, Oh yeah, they did this good thing, but they also made $2 off of it. You know, like always seeing the negatives,
0: yeah, just constant cynicism. And, you know, long listeners of the show will know that I lean toward realism, right? Like <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a Pollyanna kind of person. Like, yeah, you're the, between the two of us, you're that one, but that's right. Um, they're, they're also, when um, we we're, were watching some YouTube stuff yesterday with my family, um, Jimmy Fallon, right? He's Fallon, yeah. Uh-huh. T- tonight, tonight Show. Uh, I think that's the right word. I don't really watch those shows. So yeah, I think he, he, yeah, he the does the same name, name me. Jimmy um, He's doing a similar, not similar, because John Krasinski's thing is all new, but he's doing a thing where he tries to recreate. Oh, I know what it was. Our friends watched um saturday night live yeah with tom hanks tom and i've hanks. i've only seen a couple of the sketches and the uh yeah. and the opening monologue to that but that took us to the fallon channel and um he's doing some of the same bits from his show um but from home, like he's <laughs> got his wife and his two little girls, and they're doing some of the same things, but he doesn't have the band. So, like, no band, no laugh got the,
1: track, no, no he's production. Got the music.
0: Yeah, there's no audience. He's, but he's got like the music and the pictures on two different iPads, and, and his daughters are, are swiping the photos next when he, he doesn't. It's very, like, <laughs> it's all kind of clunky with a bunch of mistakes, and the, but that makes it all the more like. Uh, genuine and and kind of adorable. Yeah.
1: These things are so great because it's not just like what you see on Twitter with a peek into these people's celebrities lives. It's like real life. Like this is actually because none of these people don't have hairstylists and makeup artists. They're doing this themselves.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. They, they normally do, but, but not right now. Like they're in a, you know, uh, um, how do I want to say this? Like they're in a completely different, kind of day-to-day life now too and there you know there there might not be much that they can do I know one of the things Fallon does that I really appreciated is he and he had all of his guests you know guests that he uh, uh, zoomed in he got Timberlake and um, Russell Wilson and a few others um, had them all name their their chosen charities either Mm -hmm. foundations that they started or that they that they work with and that's that's a great thing but one of the things that people in the entertainment industry do is entertain yeah right like they can be that sort of maybe not quite as dire as the as the string quartet on the titanic but you know if they're successful and wealthy they can help with charities but one of the other things they can do is, uh, I don't want to say entertain people, but that's sort of what it is. Like, like give somebody something, give the people yeah. something to put their attention on to, I mean, if nothing else, give people a little bit of a break from yeah. the, uh, you know, the, the trying times we're living. It's, in. it's
1: the whole point of the US or the USO, right? the When they go out there. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, that's a perfect example.
1: Yeah, to to give to give people, you know, a little bit of diversion from seeing their their best friends die or their family members, or something like that, a yeah. little bit of a yeah. a break and and so seeing these things are I I highly recommend everyone and I wish we should probably should have led with this early in the, the season, show when we were talking about this thing but go go watch those couple things those are great to watch. By the way, Jimmy Fallon saying jokes on his monologue without laugh tracking people is pretty great because there's <laughs> it makes you realize so many, how many of these things aren't actually funny, but it's great that he says them.
0: Or when his wife he'll, finally chuckles, he'll, at some. he'll laugh at them even if nobody else does. Yeah, right? yeah, uh,
1: he does right. Um, and by the way, Jimmy Fallon has a slide in his house. Did you? He does that? He goes at the end of. The
0: yeah, day? I think their house is like a converted barn or something. Right, because I kept seeing like
1: posts. And, it's pretty pretty funny. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, watch those. I I really encouraged not because of just mental health, but because they're good. And you know what? I don't know if we are lucky, if we are very fortunate, we will never experience this kind of a societal change in our lives, you know, and to see, you'll never have ever, hopefully God willing, uh, this kind of a celebrities having to do things at home and, you know, news broadcast the way they are with people in sweatshirts and pants and you know <laughs> the, the same way you will and everything done on zoom and handheld video cameras in the world right so watch these see those and watch how these people react and when hopefully god willing we all go back to a normal our past normal we can see these things like yeah i like those guys because of what they do and this this lady did this thing and you know appreciate those things uh, in hard times yeah okay man well, we did a lot today we're we're running over here a bit but good good topics yeah. good stuff and um our our 2020 challenge is is running down the pipeline here we're coming yeah, down yeah.
0: try to try to try to stick to uh if not, not really positive uplifting but at least diverting uh movies on our list and I hope that uh you know we're not we're not all that super upbeat here, but I hope that listening to us ramble about whatever dumb games we're playing and, and stuff can be can be some kind of yeah we're we're reconnecting with
1: with good friends that we would not had been able to see before and making new inroads to stuff we've got uh our friend brian out on you know in ohio that we don't get to see more and we interact with him now on times and uh yeah. you and fox and it's a it's i don't want to keep saying put belittle little on the terrible things that are happening in the world but you know, being positive and wonderful is great to each other, helps us all better get through things. So,
0: yeah, 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 for sure. All right. For sure. Well, this has been The Front Porch, episode 138. Uh, thanks, as always, to our friends at Kick Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. Uh, if you want something even more ridiculous and distracting than, than this show, you can check out our other podcast. It's called Klingons and Dragons. That's at Klingonsanddragons.com. Star Trek adventures, role-playing, not safe for work. You know the drill. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, tell us what kind of um, shows and YouTube channels and whatever you are um, participating in to, to take your mind off the, off the hard times. Um, you can reach us via email at frontporchpod at gmail.com or on our website. There's a contact form there. You fill it out. It's super easy. Uh, if you enjoy the show, you can subscribe Spotify, overcast, Apple podcasts, all that good stuff. Thanks as always for joining us. Uh, Stay safe. We're in it together. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. The Front Porch.
1: Night, everybody. See you next time.